Welcome to the Paranoid America show. This is Russell Dowden. I'm your host, former publisher of Weird Magazine, Paranoid Magazine, Infowars Magazine, and host of Weird Radio for many, many years, doing our second podcast this week after a good show we had with Sean David Morton last week, kind of giving a chronological history of American ufology last week on the show. This week joining us is our friend Richard Serrett. Richard, no stranger himself at all to all things conspiracy. Welcome to the program. Let's just bring Richard right in. How are you, Richard? Hey, Russell. Wow. It's been a long time. This is like a reunion. To see it. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I appreciate you jumping on. I've been away from the space for a couple of years. I, I do host a a Saturday show on another topic on a, a local affiliate here in, in, in Austin. But man, with all of the stuff been, that's been going on with you know, unmanned air UAPs, you've had some UFO, a rash of UFO sightings here in recent months and, and, and the last year or so, I think things have gotten interesting and it's kind of gotten me back in the hot seat here, Richard, to do another, another paranormal show. So we've worked together before a few years, many years ago, I think it was about seven, eight years ago, we were doing some work for you and collaborating on the few things. So what have you been up to, my friend? Oh, wow. What have I not been up to? Um, <laughs> so I do uh, I do a daily show uh, up here in Toronto uh, called uh, The Richard Serrett Show, coincidentally. And it's, um, it's mainly news, politics from a conservative viewpoint, interviews. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's kind of a situation that two worlds have collided because for – about 23 years I've been in this, as you say, this space uh, of un- unexplained mysteries, UFOs, conspiracies, mm-hmm. yeah. paranormal. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of the conspiracies, things that, I, that I've been talking about over the last nearly quarter century, a lot of that is coming into fruition now, whether we're talking about central bank digital currencies and all of this talk about 15-minute cities and you'll own nothing and you'll be happy and, mm-hmm. and the rise of, um, uh, you know, uh, authoritarianism and, and big tech married to uh, this sort of biomedical surveillance state. It's it's all happening. And so now all the things that I talked about on my old conspiracy show and then later on my Strange Planet podcast, which I'm still doing, mm-hmm. those are now today's headlines. And yeah. I'm talking about them on a mainstream terrestrial radio station up here in Toronto, Saga 960 AM. Monday to Friday from four to six, but still doing the podcast. Uh, it's now called Strange Planet. I rebranded it mm-hmm. and uh, partnered with uh, Glassbox Media, a terrific uh, group out of New York City. And uh, so that's drop that drops three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then I'm still doing coast to coast AM, usually three times a month. So uh-huh. I'm doing it this, uh, this coming Saturday. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad to talk to you. Just, I really hadn't got a chance to catch up, but just by getting you on the show. So this is really a great, great little reunion here. But I, I noticed that um, I caught on, on one of the websites I found you on that you were doing a rock and roll Twilight Zone on Westwood One. It kind of seemed like that may have spawned off of some of that spirit of rock radio we were working on or trying to get developed uh, back in 2015. That's exactly what it was, yeah. uh, Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of a catch up. And um, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but uh, when we're recording it on uh, May 26th, 
of 2023. This is the seventh anniversary of the death of our mutual friend, <sighs> our Gary Patterson. Man, which getting, is, I mean, how vicious is that? I've that, got that, goosebumps just right there. You telling me that I, did, I had no yeah. idea that this was the anniversary of Gary's death. Yes. Yeah, so uh, for those who, who aren't familiar with Gary's work, he was kind of the, uh, the Fox Mulder of rock. He was a rock historian, a great musician, wrote um, one of the definitive books on the whole Paul is dead legend called The Walrus Was Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, also talked about rock and roll mysteries. So he and I got together and we're going to put together a radio show called The Spirit of Rock. And you were involved doing some fabulous artwork and you do some amazing, you did some amazing posters from some of my live events. Mm-hmm. You're a real talent, Russell, and so many fronts. <laughs> Um, but so, and then Gary passed, passed away. And, um, so I went to, uh, Chris Jericho, um, uh, who had the Chris, the Chris Jericho, um, uh, podcast yeah. and, um, Familiar with and it? he did the last interview with our Gary, uh, like, uh, like a couple days before he passed. Wow. So, um, I went to Chris Jericho. We met at the Royal York hotel in Toronto, told him what happened. And cause I, I just felt after Gary passed, uh, that, that he would want me to, to, to push on with this oh, yeah. project. And yeah. so it became a podcast instead of a terrestrial radio show. It became the rock and roll twilight zone. And it was on Westwood one, uh, for about, um, almost a year, maybe 10 months. And I just poured my heart and soul into that, but it was sort of done in a documentary style and uh, it just took up so much time and so, you know, resources and so forth. I just, I couldn't continue it anymore. I miss it. I get so much critical, uh, you know, uh, feedback, uh, positive feedback from it. People miss it. So who knows one day, maybe I'll, I'll uh, bring it back. Well, you know, it's interesting. Last week was only the first show of paranoid America and I'm kind of finding old audio clips of things to run during a commercial break. I, I found that old audio of that uh, teaser trailer, and I may thought it'd be cool to to share that. Just it was fabulous voice work that you and Gary put together with your voice talent guy. Uh, incredible uh, opportunity to be a part of that with you guys and and to market that. And um, sadly, just Gary, you know, Gary passed away. I had no idea it had been seven years to the day today. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's uh, it's it's. Bittersweet, obviously, because he's gone. That's the, the the bitter part. The sweet part is just uh, getting to know him and work with him. And we developed a, a, a good friendship long distance. He was in Knoxville or Olive, Olive Grove, I believe, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if I, Russell, if we have time, if I, if I ever told you the story about um, receiving a phone call um, from Gary on a Friday night, May 20, um, it would have been a, the 26th at that time, May 20th, I received a phone call and it was Gary and we were talking about getting this show off the ground and he was excited. Well, we had talked a couple of days prior. He was excited because he had arranged for a meeting uh, with some general man, uh, general manager, program director at a station in Knoxville who were interested in taking the radio show we developed called the spirit of rock. And, um, um, we talked uh, on the Wednesday night. I remember it distinctly. I was sitting in a in my car in a parking lot outside of All Saints Church, mm-hmm. waiting for my boys to come out of Greek school. We talked. He told me, "Yeah, we got this meeting. It's coming up. It's looking good, Richard." And he, you know, Gary was such a big, raw, raw kind of booster guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, then he called me two nights later on the Friday night and um, to tell me, "Oh, I forgot. It's Memorial Day weekend, so the meeting that was scheduled for the Monday with Knoxville is off." And then he said a couple of strange things. One was, um, you know, Richard, you're a really cool dad. And then he said something about, um, you know, um, 
you're, you know, you and I were a really big deal. And at the time I thought, oh, that's just Gary kind of building us up. That's the way he was. Mm-hmm. And then the phone call an- uh, ended and, um, um, that night on coast to coast, Chris Jericho was a guest with Dave Schrader to announce that our Gary Patterson had died. I had fallen asleep. I, I never fell asleep during coast. I always listened that night. I didn't hear it. I woke up the oh. next morning, Dave Schrader uh, sent me a Facebook message and saying, Richard, I thought you should know since you and Gary were good friends. He passed away uh, last night. And I said, uh, wait, how, that's not possible. I just spoke to Gary last night. So the first thing I did was call Gary on his cell phone. Gary, what's going on? Dave Schrader just said that you're you're dead. Come on, give me a call. Stop this nonsense. Yeah. But it was true. Um, wow. And I, so I ran upstairs and my wife was just getting out of bed. I, like my routine was I get up early, go out to the front porch, have my coffee, check my messages. So I ran right back upstairs and my wife was just getting out of bed. And she saw the blood had drained from my face. She said, what on earth is going on? And uh, I said, Gary's dead. And without me prompting her, because she had seen me wandering around the night before with a phone to my ear, I do that with a cell phone, wandering from room to room aimlessly. I don't know why I walk into the kitchen and then I'm into the family room and then downstairs. Anyway, it's what I do when I'm on the phone. And um, she said, without me prompting her, you were just talking with him last night. And I said, I thought so. I checked the reasons on my phone. I had no incoming or outgoing calls on that Friday night. Mm. And um, uh, anyway, long story short, I went to the funeral. Uh, flew down to Knoxville, uh, took a taxi all the way out to Olive Grove, his brother Michael in front of the, the casket. I was very choked up. And um, I didn't want to tell Michael the weirdness that had happened the night, be- the, the, the night before he died. I thought it was the night before he died or the night he died. Anyway, I said, what time did Gary pass? He said, oh, it was about five o'clock. Well, it's spring. It's light out here until uh, almost 830 this time of year. I remember distinctly when I was walking and talking on the phone with Gary. It was it was um, it was still light out, and it was I, or sorry, it was dark out by that time. It was dark, so it it had to be after eight thirty when I talked to him, and he died at five o'clock. And very quickly, the last thing that Gary said, I forgot this. This is an important part. The last thing he said to me on the phone because I asked him, I said, "Oh, it's it's uh, the long uh, Memorial Day weekend. Are you having a barbecue?" that's what I, when I think of American Memorial Day weekend, I think of parades, veterans, and I think of barbecues. And for the first time in my life, Russell, or my first time knowing him, he got kind of curt with me and he said, there'll be no barbecue. Just like that. And I, whoa, I thought, did I step in a landmine or something? Is there something going on with his family? There'll mm-hmm. be no barbecue. Anyway, I didn't pursue it. The phone call ended. Uh, and then, so I asked again at the funeral, I asked Michael, I said, Michael, can I ask you something? The last time I spoke with your brother, again, I didn't let on about what the timing of the call. Mm-hmm. I said, he, um, he got kind of uh, upset with me because I asked him whether you were having a barbecue this weekend or well, it was last, you know, the weekend prior to the funeral. And he looked at me and his eyes kind of squinted. And he said, he said that to you. And I said, yeah, do you any, any idea what that means? He said, well, that's strange. He said, because the day Gary died, he and his nephew, which was Michael's son, were out driving around um, looking for a barbecue. He spent $500 one with, uh, on a, a new barbecue and they spent the rest of that afternoon putting it together on his back porch. So there was no barbecue. And he was upset when he told me there will be no barbecue. Wow. Wow. Man, that is... A, so, Ben, Richard, did, did Gary call you from 
the the, the etheric or was there yeah. i mean there was no was that a what did your phone really ring and you you really spoke to him yeah it rang i spoke with him wow but to this day uh i have to be honest i mean am i i keep telling myself i'm misremembering something there's something i'm not there's not something not right about this uh and again seventh anniversary there's probably not a week goes by that i don't think about it and, and um especially on the anniversary and but when my wife confirmed for me that she saw me on the phone walking around and she said, I didn't ask you who you were on the phone with, but I assumed it was Gary because at that point we were talking almost daily, getting ready for the show to launch. She said, I assumed it was Gary. And, um, and then when I checked my recents, there were no incoming calls on that Friday. Wow. No one called me. I didn't call anybody. There was Gary's phone number on the Wednesday though, when he called me when I was in that church parking lot. That is amazing, Richard. I, I I had no idea when we scheduled this interview that it was also this day. I did you know that? I didn't know that. Um, when we scheduled it at the time, I I, I didn't really pay attention. I didn't either. I it was three, four weeks ago we scheduled today's interview. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Stay right there. We're gonna take our first break. Our guest Richard Serrett talking about uh, Spirit of Rock Radio and what might have been with our dear friend late R. Gary Patterson. Paranoid America will be right back on the other side. You do not realize you are in an interstellar conveyance. You are already outside the atmosphere of your own planet. In an instant of your time, we travel from beyond your moon to the surface of your Earth. Close encounters of the first kind. Sighting of an unidentified flying object. Close encounters of the second kind. Physical evidence of a UFO. Close encounters of the third kind. Contact. From Steven Spielberg, the director of Jaws, comes one of the most ambitious and unusual films ever made. And what you will see has never been seen before. It is a cosmic mystery, crossing what many scientists believe will be the next threshold of human experience. It is called Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It begins in an Indiana town and leads to one inescapable conclusion. We are not alone. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. A Columbia Pictures presentation in association with EMI. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. As a duly designated representative of the city, county, and state of New York, I order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest convenient parallel dimension. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Mike. This is Spirit of Rock Radio, the stories behind the greatest music of our time. I said he's what? He's dead. Iconic moments of rock history, the backstories, the lies, and tracking down what really happened. The death of John Lennon, the manipulation of Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley died today. Apparently it was a heart attack. Was Jimi Hendrix murdered? The circumstances surrounding Jim Morrison's death. Janis Joplin, Buddy Holly, rock's greatest legends and their stories pulled apart and exposed. Reaction and opinion from the people who were there. A couple of guys not going to name them because I know who they are and they kill me. And they poured wine straight in there and he, he drowned. Who 
was watching them and or exploiting them. He was the most vocally anti-war of the Rolling Stones. They murdered Brian Jones after that. Eyewitness accounts, personal stories, and observations. It's sinister. This whole thing of death surrounded the Beatles from the beginning. Spirit of Rock Radio. Objective, get to the truth. Refuse to believe without proof. The autopsy report and things are revealing that the wine was poured down his nose and throat while he was sleeping. Spirit of Rock Radio. The real stories of rock finally told by the people who were there. There's a lot of questionable things. This is Spirit of Rock Radio. Own it now in your market. Welcome back to Paranoid America. This is our second episode this week on the show. Joining me is our radio colleague and friend Richard Serrett from Toronto, reminiscing there on uh, our late friend R. Gary Patterson, giving Richard a call. I'd never heard that story before. Richard, I haven't even spoken with you, man. It's been it's been since the last time we were all working together that I really you know got engaged on some calls with you before. So just very very serendipitous. I had no idea, Richard. This was also the anniversary of Gary's passing, uh, but somehow that, you know, reconnecting, you know, maybe through Gary there. That's just incredible. Yeah, I think so. Gary brought us together. That we really did. But let's jump on another topic here and just kind of, I wanted to ask you, UAPs, like I said, all of this stuff's been going on, Richard. It's been, it's gotten me back in the seat. I, I feel like there's a lot of younger generation, Richard, that's out there doing these podcasting and you know i started in 1999 my first show of paranormal aired on halloween um, a public radio npr affiliate i had a, a paranormal show that aired in the afternoon on halloween of 1999 following none other than the orson wells broadcast of 1938 that was when my first show aired in 99 and i've been in and out of this space you've been doing this just as long as my not longer i think but you know what do you think with all of this it's becoming very mainstream now they're reporting on this on fox news cnn you're at a mainstream station yourself now and you're reporting on this yeah you're right it is becoming mainstream so we went from um uh Newspapers, television stations, uh, you know, the local eyewitness anchor sort of snickering mm -hmm. uh, as they talked about a UFO sighting. And, oh, little green men from Mars. Uh, and that all changed probably. Well, there were some exceptions. I think it was Miles O'Brien on CNN always took the issue rather seriously. Even Larry King uh, yeah. later started to take it seriously. But for the most part, it was sneered and snickered at. Uh, and then, of course, in December of 2017 in that um, article in the New York Times about the uh, Advanced Aerial uh, Threat Identification Project and Leo Elizondo mm -hmm. blowing the whistle. Um, and then we had the Tic Tac uh, UFO video from the um, the, was it the F-16, the Tomcat yep. uh, gun, um, gun camera. Uh, that seems to be the horizon marker, if you will, when everything uh, changed in terms of the tone by the mainstream media. 
Um, and then, but then it now, it, it, it seems to have reverted back a little bit. So it's, oh, it's always, you know, two steps forward, one step back, a couple of steps sideways. Um, meanwhile, though, the Pentagon, you know, uh, is, seems to be giving all the appearance of taking this seriously. They just, uh, I guess it was, um, part of the defense appropriations act. They were required, um, but, uh, to create this. Uh, it's called the All Domain um, Anomalous Resolution Office, Arrow. Uh-huh. They're doing some very interesting work. The director of Arrow recently interviewed Robert Salas and Robert Hastings, uh, two names that are intricately connected with the whole, uh, you know, UFOs appearing over nuclear missile sites and shutting them down. That's right. Robert Salas. Um, uh, was stationed at, was it, um, Great Falls? Or? Oh, was it Minot Air Force Base or the other one, Malmstrom? Yeah, I believe it was Malmstrom. 67. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, he was underground in a, in a bunker and, and, you know, got reports about this UFO coming down and, and disengaging what 10 ICBMs, they were just taken offline and then it happened somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this, I mean, for Arrow now, the director of Arrow to be like getting testimony from from Hastings and Salas, uh, th- this is getting very interesting. Yeah, so, you I don't know what's going on backstage, like whether there is this struggle between because on the other hand, then you have defense officials going before, before Congress and giving the the usual, you know. Um, uh, dog and pony show, oh, it's just space junk or it's. I even heard one say, oh, they're plastic bags. That's what people are seeing, you know, <laughs> that. And then you, by contrast, you have what's happening uh, at Arrow. So I don't know if there's, a, if there's a struggle backstage between those that want to disclose and, the, and those yeah. that won't want to disclose. I think about this, too, and I think about how far we've come, and, and yet we still haven't gotten any kind of full disclosure on this matter. But I, But I do think – that the reason we're hearing more from the government side of things, Richard, is it's about controlling the narrative. It, it, to me, I think about, you know, wh- whoever gets to this disclosure issue first, whether it's uh, the Department of Naval Intelligence or if it's the Central Intelligence or if it's the Department of Defense or U.S. Navy or maybe it's the ETs themselves, you know, or whatever group that's out there. It is certainly important for Whoever, from the government standpoint, is whoever or nips this by the butt, you know, before uh, there that that's the the advantage here is to take that 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 narrative, and and I think that's something we always have to be concerned about. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm at a, I'm at a loss to to know you know which way to turn um, at this point, and that's that's probably their main objective is you know cognitive dissonance and yeah. for us to be totally. Uh, at this point, incredulous, uh, sorry, um, uh, skeptical, yeah, uh, incredulous about everything, Yeah, uh, which I am at this point. I mean, I I can't take anything at face value from anybody. Yeah, and then, you know, I, I, I found that over the recent years I've been reading things, more, more and more is coming out about these secret space programs. It makes you really wonder. I've read in recent years, I've read Lynn Caston's book, Dark Fleet. You may be familiar with some of these. William Tompkins, selected by the extraterrestrials. At one, at one point during the pandemic, Richard, I was reading Dark Fleet, 
selected by extraterrestrials by William Tompkins, as well as Dr. Michael Sala's new book, Space Force, Our Star Trek Future. You know, do you think it's possible that we have kind of a or a breakaway civilization group? And and if so, what is NASA just the, you know, public program for, for kids? Yeah, I, I think so. I, uh, I mean, I can't say with 100% certainty, but that that makes the most sense to me. You yeah. know, I, I believe that we went to the moon and my, my thing is, I think we went there earlier yeah. um, in 1969. I mean, I, I think it's, I also think it's quite, quite possible that, that the, 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 the film and the photos were staged because mm-hmm. there was so much riding on this uh, that, uh, you know, that they were concerned about radiation fogging the film, which happens every time you go through airport security or it used to uh, when we had film cameras. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were concerned about that. So they, it's, I think both can be true. I think that we landed on the moon, but we also staged the, 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 the photographs. The, photos, the, film. the footage. I think it, yeah, I think we were, it was possible we were there um, earlier. I think it's quite possible we have deep space uh, platforms. I always um, think about uh, what the, um, now I've forgotten his name, but the late director of Skunk Works. Yeah, and that's what I'm, and that's what I'm getting at is, you know, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, uh, Raytheon, GE, Aviation, TRW, Boeing. These were the guys who had the real technology. And it seems to me NASA was the the public program that we were given. And the, the industrial military industrial complex got the real toys. And um, and that may have been going on since the 50s as, as far as we know. Yeah, I mean, I, I recently spoke with Darcy Weir, who has a new documentary out about um, the Apollo programs and and uh, UFOs and the astronauts, what they saw on their way to the moon. Um, you know, these uh, these photographs that were taken by the early uh, Apollo, uh, I guess you could call them orbiters. They were unmanned, but they were mm-hmm. orbiting the surface, taking these pictures. Um, and you have these whistleblowers at NASA claiming that they had well, I don't know if Photoshop is the right word when we're talking about the, uh, you know, the mid to late 60s, but yeah. seeing structures, clearly seeing structures um, with intelligence behind them, you know, not natural formations, but structures on the moon, on the dark side of the moon, um, uh, astronauts, Apollo astronauts, you know, making comments about things they had seen. I mean, all their all their conversations, I guess, with Houston were... were um, were recorded, but for most, for the most part, they, they were, they were reading off a script, it seems. But then on those odd moments when they were making off the cuff remarks, it was like, Hey, did you hear that? And did you see mm-hmm. that down there? Is, is that a, is that a campfire down there? All these strange comments that were coming yeah. from them. Did you ever get a chance to interview that Bart Sabrell from the documentary funny thing happened on the way to the moon? Yes, I did. I was, uh, <clears throat> I was doing the show, um, at a different Toronto radio station, it was um, that was called Mojo AM six forty Talk yeah. Radio for Guys, <laughs> and uh, I had a show Friday night there for a few years, and I did speak with Bart Sabrell about that, and uh, you know, going up to Buzz Aldrin and and challenging him and getting punched in the face. <laughs> What's it like to be a paranormal late night talk show host? I mean, we have to have the most open mind. There are, you know, when you, you interview all these people over, you know, a span of 25, 30 years, Richard, uh, who's more open-minded than the late night talk show guy that interviews all these people? You're right. There is no better audience <laughs> radio than a late night 
the late night audience, late night overnight, mm. because I've always said this and I've, I've worked, I mean, aside from uh, the show I'm doing now, which is four to 6 PM and you know, the drive home show, but it's not in this arena. Uh, exactly. I mean, some of it is very conspiratorial conspiracy facts rather than conspiracy theory, but the late night audience, I've always, uh, I've worked my entire career. Um, and it's, uh, you have the, the listeners undivided attention. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're doing afternoon drive, you know, you might be, um, on the radio while the people are driving home, maybe they're carpooling. They've got three people in the car with them. They're talking about their day at work. They might catch a little snippet here and there of what you're saying, but late night is just you <laughs> and the listener. And I imagine them, you know, maybe lying in bed or sitting in a chair, uh, uh with the lights dim down and there's just the glow of the radio dial. I know I'm making some very anarchic uh, references. <laughs> <laughs> now people listen on their phone, but uh, in my mind, they're listening to a Philco radio <laughs> or, or nightstand. And um, yeah, you, you, uh, you have their undivided attention and people who listen, I think who, who are night owls uh, also tend to be avid readers. Yeah. Uh, I think they're just by nature more curious Um that's why they're up at night, you know, uh, they're, it's, they're pursuing some truth. Yes. And, uh, yeah. I love this space and I, I mean, you know, I'm always trying to get back into it seems like, but uh, what did you think about, I'm going to ask you this uh, and you know, we may get a couple more minutes here with you and we'll let you go, maybe do a part two in a week or two with you. Okay. But, but um, what did you think about last year? They got rid of someone just out of the nowhere, removed the Georgia Guidestone monuments. Blew it up, actually. Yeah, yeah, what was that all about? Um, when that happened, it, it to me, what came to mind was just, um, you know, the absolute frustration that people had had it with, you know, things like the lockdown and mandates P- and pandemic, the, all of the coercion that was happening, mm-hmm. and and you know, the, the the World Economic Forum talking about at the same time, you know, now is an opportunity. It's uh, the, the, the pandemic presents an opportunity for us to bring about the great reset. And a yeah. lot of the things the World Economic Forum talk about and the people that go there uh, with, you know, depopulation agendas, we've got to get the world's population down to 500 million. All of those things were referenced in the Georgia Guidestone. So I think people just kind of connected the pandemic and the lockdowns yeah. to whoever put the, uh, the Guidestones up and decided, you know, this was their, uh, their, their vengeance, their time for vengeance. That or may, I makes big for me. Beg the question is that whoever put them there got things got too close to really happening, or, or that t- telling that story, and and they had to get rid of them because population agenda, and then you know the 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 vaccines and the lockdowns. Uh, uh, so you, we could also argue that whoever put them there perhaps removed them. You know, too. right? They didn't hide the evidence. Yes, yes. We'll we'll start to wrap with you here. Have you decided ever to do a book? I've considered doing a book about my experiences with paranormal and, and interviewing people. Have you done that yet? I have not written a book and people ask me that. And uh, mm. the person who asks me that the most is my lovely bride. I call her the mighty <laughs> Aphrodite. Uh, she wants me to write a book. One of these days I will. Um, I, um, I, I, I love the written. Um, I love writing the finished product of writing. The, mm-hmm. the, the actual process of writing is very arduous and lonely uh, for me, but when it's finished, if I write a, you know, uh, I, I write a, I, I publish a monthly newsletter, um, called the inner sanctum. Um, 
when it's done, I'm very pleased with it. But the actual process is, is rather painful for me. But one of these days, if I have some time, yes, I'll sit down and uh, I don't know what the book would be about at this point. Um, but yeah, I think, I think everyone has a, at least one book in them. Yeah. There's a notion I have kicking around the, you know, memoirs of a paranormal publisher or something like that. You know, there's something out there. Fire off a website, anything you got cooking on, tell folks how they can learn more about Richard Serrett or hear you on Coast to Coast AM. All right. If they want to get into the sort of the paranormal conspiracy stuff, then strangeplanet.ca is the website, strangeplanet.ca. You can subscribe and stream my web, my podcast right there, which is called Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Mm -hmm. uh, new episodes, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, strangeplanet.ca. The YouTube channel is uh, called Strange Planet at Strange Planet Radio, I guess is the handle. Mm -hmm. And um, I stream my uh, or live, I live stream once a month on there as well, the last Sunday of the month. Uh, and then there's the, the more sort of workaday reality type show, which is uh, weekdays 4 to 6 p.m. And that's the Richard Serrett Show.com. The Richard Serrett Show.com. And then, uh, oh, also on Strange Planet, you can see all my upcoming coast to coast am dates as well strangeplanet.ca let's do part two soon again man it's great catching up with you thank you for doing this as i'm jumping back into this space as things are getting kind of crazy out there so a lot of respect for you richard i appreciate you being on the show this evening well congratulations on uh, paranoid america it looks fabulous uh i can see probably some of your artistic handiwork here uh, <laughs> yes. you're a great talent russell it's great connecting with you and what a what a, a propitious time to connect it is. on our gary patterson's uh the death anniversary yeah, yeah so that much. just gave me goosebumps you know you telling me that story and i had no idea that we reconnected after that that period of time that this was seven years of since his passing so godspeed to to, to gary and and uh, thank you for being a part of the show, my friend. Anytime, Russell. Good to see you again. All right. Good to see you, too. There's Richard Serrett. Check him out at strangeplanet.ca. Good stuff from him. I've always looked up to, to the good work Richard does. And, and uh, you know, listen to him out there on Coast to Coast AM. He's one of the guys that does it and uh, does it very well. So thank you for Richard. We'll get him on again in a few weeks. And then I wanted to shout out Norio Hayakawa is going to be on our, our show next week. And then I'm trying to confirm John D'Souza, also known as the Fox Mulder of the real Fox Mulder of FBI. So we're trying to get him on. So stick around. Paranoid America. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in.